the show you need to get what you desire by avoiding the mistakes made by others before you. Learn the stories and journeys of what success looks like to find the freedom you deserve while thriving with your best life. And now I present to you the one, the only Rapid Results with Andrew Wise. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Results. Uh, We are joined here today by an amazing, powerful guest, literally the Laura Michelle Powers. And for those who don't know who this wonderful person is, Laura is an entertainer, celebrity psychic, actress, model, host, singer, writer, and speaker. She's the host of the popular film and television podcast Behind the Scenes with Laura Powers and her top 100 podcast on Apple Podcasts, Healing Powers Podcast. On top of that, she has authored eight books, edited two other books. She travels full-time for clients, television, and other media appointments, and just for the love of traveling. She's been featured on several television shows and networks, including BuzzFeed, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, The CW, The Jet Set, and many others. And one of my personal favorites, she even got interviewed by Will Ferrell on the Ron Burgundy podcast. She is a celebrity psychic and creative entrepreneur. Laura, welcome to Rapid Results. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to connect with you. Yes, I'm very excited for this interview and I know we've been planning it the last few weeks and I have a lot of good questions ready to go. But for those listening in, one of the first questions I want to ask is what's the biggest and best business deal that you're most proud of? Gosh, you know, I was trying to think of one particular thing and I, you know, I, I've had several things. I think a great multiple, you know, five figure launches and, you know, traveled around with clients to really glamorous fun locations, jet setting and celebrity clients. But I think overall, I just feel like I'm just very happy that I was able to build an unusual business that I started during the recession. You know, so, (laughs) you know, it was a challenging time, but also I have an unusual business model. And I I just feel like if I can do that, anyone can do anything (laughs) because it was not an easy thing to do. But I think with intuition and perseverance and faith, you know, you can accomplish just about anything you want. Oh, I love that. And when you said that you've had multiple five-figure launches, was this uh, for like course launches, for coaching packages? And have you flown, flown in any uh, private jets with any celebrities yet? So I have had multiple five-figure launches for courses that I have offered. And, you know, I, I have a high dollar rate for my private coaching. And then I also do regular launches for different courses that I offer. I've not been in a, a private jet with a client. It's definitely on my manifesting list. I have been on small planes for work for various positions that I've had. Um, but I have been flown for business for clients, and that was lovely. <laughs> that, that's pretty cool. Thank you. Transatlantic. <laughs> <laughs> well, following the superhero story, I'm, I'm sure the audience wants to know, like, how the heck do you go from starting a business in the recession as an entrepreneur to being able to launch multiple five-figure launches to having clients fly you out on their dime to come coach them? Tell us more about that journey from 2008 to where you are, and love to hear about that. Sure. So from the beginning, when I started operating, I just navigated very intuitively. And I highly recommend that because when you navigate intuitively, you can do things kind of the easy way, (laughs) which I mean, ultimately, isn't that what we all want is to have, you know, the experiences and things that we want without, you know, killing ourselves trying to get them. So 
as an example, very early on, I got the message to do readings and sessions at a local coffee shop. And I'll be honest, I didn't want to do it. Like I was like, I don't want to do it. I was brand new in my business. I was still nervous about being public with it. But eventually it was like such a strong message that I just thought, okay, I'll do it. So I put up a flyer in the window of the local coffee shop, which by the way, was just a very amateurish MS Word document that I put together on my computer. This is pre-Canva, or at least before I knew about Canva. And uh, put it up in the window. And that same day, the managing editor of the local newspaper called and asked if he could write a story about me. And two days later, connected, I did a reading for him. He watched me do a reading for someone else. And then that week, this story was live in the regional newspaper. And it was... That was really, I think, what those readings at the coffee shop were about is for me, media has been very, very helpful and intuitively navigating for media. So once you have media, it often gives you that credibility and also people know about you. So it's the no like and trust factor. So I have navigated intuitively to create my media opportunities. And that has really helped me with building my business. Yeah, no, that is very exciting. That's awesome. And, and tell us more about going back before that, like, how did you know that you had psychic powers to be able to intuitively read people? Like, how'd that come about? So ever since I was little, I have seen and sensed ghosts, very much like the kid in The Sixth Sense. So I saw ghosts that looked like solid people to me in many cases. And it was actually very confusing because I sometimes would think that there was a live person like, oh, there's an intruder in the house or the yard or something. And it would turn out to be a spirit. And it was confusing. I thought I was crazy growing up because other people weren't seeing and sensing what I did. I learned to keep it to myself. And it wasn't until I was in college and a family friend described a ghost that I had seen, but never told anyone about that. I knew it wasn't just in my head because I thought, well, he, he can't see something if it's my hallucination. Right. (laughs) And so I was, I was, you know, affirmed in my abilities, but still pretty scared about it. I didn't really know what to do about it. At that point, the internet was at a different phase of development than it is now. Now it's a lot easier to find teachers and and connect with them and learn. Uh, So I tried to block it out and and actually for many years lived my life purely based on analysis and logic, which is, I think, how many people do. And then through that process, I basically created a sort of train wreck of a life. It you know didn't manifest right away, but after many years, I ended up you know broke, unemployed, going through a bad divorce, physically ill during the recession where I couldn't get a job because you know it was just a really tough time, and that's when I realized after booking a psychic session for myself through someone else that I needed to tap into my psychic abilities and started to live my life in an intuitive way versus in a purely logical and analytical way. Oh, that's interesting. So in order to tap into your own psychic abilities, you reached out to someone else who's a psychic to help you bring that out from you, essentially. Yeah. I mean, I was just in a bad place in my life and didn't really know what to do. So I reached out to psychic and without me even telling her, she knew that I had psychic abilities and that I had seen ghosts and then just proceeded to tell me, you know, really what I needed to do to turn my life around. So that was very helpful for me at that point. And, you know, most people don't have that in their circle. They don't know 
how to connect with someone they don't know to do that. And then it was so profoundly helpful for me that I started to take the training and through that process of training, what were practice readings and people started to say, wow, you're really good at this. I mean, it certainly wasn't my intention to start (laughs) being a psychic. When I started the training, my master's degree is in political science and I previously worked in government and politics. So, Mm. you know, it was really out of left field for me, but also, it was something that was effective and it was helping my intuition was helping me and it was helping other people to do these sessions. So I basically just did a total 180 in my life and started focusing on that. Wow. I love that. And I'm curious about so going back to rapid results. We do want to help people if they feel like they're stuck, they're broke, they're unemployed, they're, they're sick. Like, how can they create that 180 for themselves? And so I'll, I'll go into that a little, a little bit, but really quick. As a psychic, um, obviously, I'm sure you still run into haters and doubters all the time, consistently. What is one of your favorite stories of like, maybe you have several of these, but anything that stands out of like, quote unquote, proving someone like shocking them so badly, like how the heck did you know that, Laura, <laughs> about my life, like without yeah. um, doing a Google search on anything, essentially, like, anything sure. that stands out for that? Yeah, there was a client that I had, and this was actually fairly early on, and I'll I'll never forget this particular client. It was a a woman who came in with her husband, and I could tell immediately that her husband was a skeptic and didn't believe. And by the way, I understand, like, I don't expect other people to have the belief system that I have because they don't have the perception of the world that I have. You know, everyone's Mm -hmm. belief systems are based on their individual experiences. So I'm by no means trained to convert anyone. But I'm often aware when this energy is there and I could really feel that from him and and his body language was very like, you know, closed. And <laughs> so, yeah. but she clearly wanted him there for support and that was fine. So I started the reading. In this case, the client wanted mediumship, which is communicating with the spirit on the other side. So she told me her nephew's name and that he was her nephew. And that's really all he said. Excuse me. She said she just wanted to connect with him. So I opened up the channel and saw him right away and asked what he wanted to communicate. And he just kept doing this gesture. It was this gesture over and over again. And I tried to get him like ask other questions or, and that was all he would do. (laughs) So I just said, okay, this is what he's doing. And I just repeated the gesture to her and she burst into tears then explained to me that when he had passed, her nephew had been paralyzed in the vocal cords and she had taken care of him as he died. And this means thank you in sign language. So I didn't know sign language. I didn't know he couldn't speak when he was alive. And, And in that one, you know, communication, you know, she, she recognized that I speak with him. He was communicating something specifically to her. And after this, her husband was like, okay, she's real. (laughs) It was just so, you know, out of left field. So not something I could have imagined or known, you know, she didn't tell me in advance. So I was going to, I couldn't have Googled it, you know, it was just very specific. And then I had another client, which is also mediumship where um, she wanted me to connect with her dead brother on the other side. And right away, he was showing me this neon blue fish. And same thing. I was like, why is he showing this so randomly seeming? Right. And then I told her and she explained to me that the night before she'd had a dream that her brother was fishing and he had caught this neon blue fish. So it was again, another sign or message that was very specific to her. She had told no one it was her dream. So again, there was no way that I could have faked that. That is amazing. That is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we'll dive a little bit later too, talking about how I know you and I had conversations about you believe everyone has intuitive powers that they can recognize and 
Um, I know that you, you don't do sugar, you don't do alcohol, um, or the other things that you say contribute to inhibiting powers as well? Um, I would say substances as a whole. Caffeine is one of the things that I stopped consuming as I developed my psychic abilities. And I just had to listen to my body and what it needed. So uh, caffeine was actually one of the first things that I gave up. And then it was sugar and then alcohol came after that. And, and as a general rule, I have a very you know clean diet and uh, I'm careful of, of what I put in my body in terms of chemicals and toxins as well. No, makes sense. I love it. So going back to 2008, you were like, all right, Laura, I got to uh, do something big about my own business. As you're talking to yourself, you put up this <laughs> randomly typed out Microsoft Word document in the local uh, <laughs> coffee shop. You get a press article from it because you're stepping into that unique you know, niche, because obviously not many people know about psychic and intuitive powers and stuff like that. So tell us uh, more about the milestones and the journey from there uh, leading up to, to where you are now. What were the other kind of big highlights, dominoes that you were like, oh yeah, in 2010, this happened or 2012, I finally learned this. Tell us about that journey. Well, I think really key to my journey was podcasting. I know you know you're are both really into podcasting and interviews and, and media as a whole. And that was really helpful for me as I was developing my business and just my own sense of self. I intuitively got the hit to start a podcast. And this was in 2011. So it was, or no, 2010, sorry. And so it was a long time ago, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. very early podcasting days. And that helped me with building confidence. It helped me with connecting with other experts. And then it helped me with building my media connections as well. So that's been really key and crucial for me. And it's interesting with podcasting because when I started the podcast, I didn't even really know where I was going with it. You know, so I just want to share that, that if you feel that intuitive hit to start a project, it may evolve way beyond what you imagined that it would be. When I started the podcast, I don't even know that I was doing private readings at this point. I think I was just, I had started my newsletter and wanted to share things that helped people with health because I had this big health transformation at the same time. I went from being, you know, physically ill. I was also overweight slash borderline obese at that time, about 50 pounds heavier than I am now, and just had really been struggling in my area of health. And then through this journey of finding alternative health practitioners, I was able to you know get healthy again. And a lot of this stuff isn't what's talked about in sort of conventional medicine. So I just wanted to share resources. And so that was one of my, mer- my primary focuses and goals for starting my podcast was to help others heal. And through the process, I also healed myself and then was able to have a platform for my business as I grew and shifted into offering services as I do now. So that platform of podcasting was very helpful and important. And then just following intuition, you know, in my first year, I raised my prices twice. I after about a year of being in business, I relocated from my hometown to Denver. And then less than a year from there, I, I relocated from Denver to Los Angeles. So I was doing these very kind of rapid shifts, you know, just based on intuitive feelings that I got. And they proved to be very helpful and impactful for me and my business. No, it sounds like it. Yes. And I'm curious, like, what is the, the psychic coaching world like? Like, um, I, I know, like, you know, the, the phrase is a big fish in a small pond and uh, maybe the psychic pond is bigger than I think. But do you see yourself as, as wanting to be one of the top psychic 
coaches, intuitive consultants in the world? And who are those top people in case people did want to know more about that industry? You know, I think there are several and, you know, just like many different industries, you know, coaching and consulting and education, there's so many niches and different approaches. So, you know, I have a six-month psychic training program. I People learn a lot. I, I have trained other professional psychics as well who now operate and have successful businesses as psychics. So I think that's one of my favorite things to look at is, you know, am I helping people tap into their own abilities and then helping them develop that as a business so that they can be financially successful as well. So I feel good about that. I think I am, you know, fairly well known in that psychic world. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a, a, you know, mainstream celebrity at this point, but within that little area, I'm, I'm fairly known and, and I feel good about that. I think moving forward, I, I would love to continue to, to grow in that area, but also, to just be known for the other things, you know, as a psychic, one of the things I do is I frequently channel creatively. So, you know, I channel music and write music and write books and perform, you know, I do stand up comedy. And so I would really love to get known for all those other things, you know, as well, because I think it's all connected and everyone has, you know, a unique package to offer the world. And even being on Will Ferrell's podcast, I think is such an example of how my different aspects and skills and, and background can create these amazing opportunities. So, you know, they were looking for a psychic. I was a psychic. It was a podcast. They saw I had a ton of podcasting experience. I also used to make my living as an actress and had a ton of improv experience. This was in an unscripted podcast. So basically I had no idea what Will Ferrell was going to say. So all those different areas and experiences in my life helped for me to be a good candidate for this particular opportunity. And so whatever things you're good at or you're interested in that may even seem like they're disconnected, I guarantee there's some kind of like magic opportunity for you that can come up and you can step forward into that. I love that. Yes. And just definitely talk about that later. The fact that you're a singer, producer, songwriter, podcaster, like a stand-up comedian. That, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> and so we'll talk about that. And, and I'm curious too. So for the entrepreneurial people, Besides, uh, and it's great to hear how much podcasting helped with your your business growth. Is there anything else you wish you had learned earlier in your journey to help achieve the success you have today faster? Um, anything, yeah, anything you wish you had learned earlier to get where you are faster? Sure, I just think honoring your own value and your worth is really, really important. And if you don't do that, others won't. So you know, there's a lot of psychics that have a really hard time financially and are not able to really develop that on a business level as they'd like to. And I started, I mean, I started charging my lowest rate was I would charge, I think it was $30 for 30 minutes. Uh, And now I, yeah, I'm well, (laughs) well above that. We'll just say that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yes, valuing yourself and also just boundaries, you know, the people that, are frequently struggling the most financially also tend to have really poor energetic, emotional boundaries and and boundaries with their time. You know, our time is, is very valuable. You know, we, we have a certain number of hours in a day and a, a certain amount of time in our lifetime. And it's really important that we value that and we not just give that away. Yeah. And how did you learn how to set those boundaries for yourself? And how did you know how to charge more and, and charge, uh, charge more faster? Like, how, how did you know how to do all that? I just started to learn how to pay attention to my intuition and 
follow signs and messages, you know, so angels, for example, will communicate with us through signs and messages in the universe. And you can ask for very specific, clear signs. So I'll give an example. This was early on in my business and I had gotten the message intuitively to raise my prices, but I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just an ego about it. Right. So I asked the angels for a very clear sign that I couldn't misunderstand. I was driving home at this point um, from Denver to my hometown of Lafayette, where I was living at the town at the time. And I got home and in my mailbox was a business magazine that was addressed to me that I had never signed up for. And on the cover, the title was 10 Reasons Why You Should Raise Your Prices. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, well, that's really clear and very specific. And then for my analytical mind inside the magazine was that 10 Reasons Why. I love that. I love that. That's so cool. And how do you know when you're charging too much. So what, what does that look like for someone like, yeah, like, do you have to go from charging $50 to $100 to $200 to $300? Or can you jump from $50 to $500 an hour? Like, how, how do you know those special deals? And you say intuition, but anything else outside of that? You know, I think that's a complex question because there's many things that go into that. Like, where do you feel like your value is? You know, what is the demand? Do you have people that are already coming to you? How are you presenting yourself to the world? How are people learning about and connecting with you? It is possible to have these very rapid jumps, but you have to have your energy kind of go along with that. Like you have to believe that it's possible. You have to energetically be aligned with that. So I think it's really important to follow your intuition and honor your value and also do things that help you with shifting your belief in what's possible. Like one of the things that really helped me early on was hosting a podcast and interviewing successful people who were modeling this for me. I could see someone is doing this. Like someone in my circle is charging, you know, X amount an hour and they're making this amount a year and they work this many hours, you know, it it became very real for me. So I think that's really helpful for the logical and analytical mind to see that, witness that. And also when you have a personal connection with someone who's doing that, I think it really helps you feel like, oh, if it's possible for them, it's possible for me. So I also am a strong believer and advocate of you know personal development and growth and taking classes. And sometimes when you take a class, what you're getting out of it is not what you think. Like I've had several times where I took a class and paid a lot of money. And then I was like, I didn't necessarily learn what the teacher was teaching on the paper on, on the surface, but I learned maybe how they teach or, wow, if they can charge that much doing this, I can charge, you know, <laughs> a similar amount for doing something different, you know? So just following that constantly educate yourself, constantly network and connect with inspiring people that are successful and kind, you know, like nice, kind people, I think is, is really key to building that lasting success and feeling that you can as well. I love that. Oh, thanks for sharing all that. And uh, yeah, the importance of you are who you spend time with and just like, you're yes. always going to have that learning mindset too. Just like, what are other people doing? How are they doing it? I like what you said too. Like when you take a class, you don't always have to learn what's said in the class. You can learn how is it being taught? How is it structured? How are people reacting in the class? So good to know too. I think a lot of people think, Oh, I, took this class and spent hundred dollars. I didn't get, I didn't make my money back from it. It's just like, well, it's usually more there's, layers there. Yeah, <laughs> There's always something that you gain from it. There's always a silver lining. 
And yeah, I, I took a class that was a $10,000 course and it was like, oh, I didn't honestly feel that I got that much out of <laughs> the course content. But again, it modeled for me certain things that she was doing, like how she, how the course was being run, as well as, you know, that it's possible to, to ask for that kind of money for a service, you know? So that was very helpful, actually. Yeah. If she's doing it, why can't you? I'm sure is mm-hmm. the, one of the takeaways you had. <laughs> yes. And we'd love to hear too, uh, talking about uh, sales a little bit. When you... So when you're meeting with clients, uh, what, what are like the most common objections that you run into um, before you bring on a client or before they, they buy your course or your service? What, what are the, the top objections you usually hear and how do you overcome them to keep making sure your business is growing? You know, that's a, it's an interesting question. It's honestly not one that I, I tend to really deal with. I mean, I think early, early on, I probably did. And what I have learned over time is that if I have to justify what I offer or, you know, defend it or kind of argue, it's probably just not a fit. And it's just like release, you know, I'm very much like there's, there's no, you know, justification. If you want to work with me, here's, you know, here's how we can work together. And I think that's really helped. I, I honor my value. I'm not going to try to defend it. And again, if I'm, I'm, I know I'm not for everyone and that is totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, go find the person that's the right one for you. And I think the sooner we get to that place, actually, the, the better our business will grow. And I did in the beginning, I think as I was building my confidence, spend more time like trying to explain or justify my approach or my services or kind of arguing with skeptics. And I'm like, now I'm just like, no, no, thanks. Like, I I frankly don't want to spend my time and energy doing that. And most of the clients that come into me, either come in through their repeat clients, their referrals, or they have connected with me through media through podcasting, through my books, because I have several books. And through that, they they get to feel like they know me, right? Because mm-hmm. there's there are people who listen to my podcast that I swear know me better than people actually in my life in some cases, because I go into so much detail about my history and you know, tell stories and anecdotes and things like that. So I, you know, because I have let's say 11 years of podcast episodes out there. If someone finds me, they sometimes will listen to all 11 years of podcast episodes and then they'll reach out to me. Right. So that's frequently how people are connecting me. It's not this like cold, you know, and then, and then they feel like they have to kind of understand me or want me to justify or whatever. So yeah, that's, I guess I would share that for new entrepreneurs. Um, Do the things that help build that know, like, and trust factor, start a podcast, write a book, you know, put some free content out there in, in various ways. And then just allow yourself to attract that instead of like trying to hustle. I really feel like it's important to get out of that sort of hustle mentality to be successful. Yeah. So, so because you've um, done the book, the podcast, the media, sounds like all of your inbound leads or all, all your business comes from inbound leads. You don't do any outreach, warm outreach, cold re- outreach at all? No. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I mean, media bookings are, are probably one of my most successful ways that people connect in with me. Um, so, you know, podcast guesting, things like this, um, bigger media appearances. And, and then I just cultivate my following on social media. And, you know, I, I have a, a, an email list. It's not massive, but, you know, I connect with people that way and, and let people know 
what I'm doing. Um, and I think as you get develop confidence in yourself, then you don't need to do as much to kind of generate, you know, those, those leads or just your repeat regular clients. I have a lot of regulars in my clientele where we connect, um, you know, to look at various things. I have a lot of clients that actually connect me as a psychic for business, meaning I'm helping them with their business using my intuitive abilities. Yeah. So, so that's, Sounds like that's a big part of your business models. You have clients on retainer who keep coming back to you each month, essentially. That's how you're able to grow so quickly. Yeah, I actually don't do a retainer per se, but what I do is I will have people book, you know, blocks of time and then we just kind of go through it as needed. And my very close clients only um, will actually have my cell number. And, you know, as things come up, you know, we can coordinate. And aside from that, it's just standard, you know, book through my website and then is scheduled with myself and my assistant for time. I love that. And, uh, and I do want people to reach out to you after this podcast. So I want to give you a chance to, to brag about yourself. What is, what, what's an example of uh, something you're proud of, of taking a client from A to B and helping them achieve this or overcome this, anything that stands out that uh, you're like, Oh yeah, uh, this is one of my proudest clients uh, stories, essentially. Oh gosh, I have so many you know, there's different kinds of successes. I have one client who we had worked together already before on kind of business. And then she had a sort of health crisis and was really struggling. And intuitively, I was able to connect her and provide some resources that helped her shift. And and she completely came out of that health crisis. And now is back to being very successful in her business and not having to focus on her health in order to just, you know, kind of move forward. And you know, I have so many stories of clients that have these massive, you know, shifts very rapidly, you know, doubling or more their business in a year. That's very common, you know, selling real estate or making investment choices that really were beneficial for them. I have two clients that within the last couple of months uh, sold their properties for over $2 million at well above market value because they were following guidance from me and their intuition in terms of pricing. Wow. <laughs> so you're telling me working with Laura will get you $2 million deals sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> there are no promises, of course. And so much of it is your own energy and, and what you're putting in. But I do want people to know that rapid transformation is possible in all areas, You know, love, finances, wellness and, and health, et cetera. Yeah. And uh, for those who haven't seen it, you know, Laura does an awesome job on the BuzzFeed video talking about how everyone has angels around them all the time. And it was really interesting to me when like you said, oh, that this person has an angel who's holding you back. And this person has angels who want to help you in this light and help you in this way, uh, essentially. And I also know someone else who also talks to angels. And so do when people work with you, do you kind of guide them on what they need? Or do they say, Hey, I, I want guidance here, essentially, or, or how, how does that work? Yeah, different clients come in for different reasons. You know, some have a very specific targeted questions or, or issues they want to look at. And then others just maybe feel like they're not where they want to be, or they feel stuck, and they're just looking for you know, something to help them with shifting through that. You know, some people want to connect with a loved one on the other side. That's a very specific purpose. Or, you know, I'd recently had a client whose beloved pet died and it was, she was just trying to get comfort and check in the pet was okay and understand better the circumstances 
for her animals passing, you know, so it just really depends on the person and, and the client and, and what they're looking for. So at the beginning of a session, if I don't already know them or, or, you know, if they haven't already communicated that, I ask them, is there anything in particular that you'd like me to look at and, and what inspired you to book this session? Cause that helps me for setting the attention and direction of the reading. That's so fascinating. Like the fact that you can, because obviously people, they, they usually want better health. They want better relationships. They want more wealth, want more money that you can help guide them in any of those categories <laughs> through intuition is amazing. Like, and I'm curious, so does it involve matchmaking too? Like, oh, your guides and your your angels are telling you you should go to I don't know, a country bar more often, or you should go on a hike more often to try and meet someone there. Or if someone said, Laura, help me find love. How does, how does that process look? So, uh, you know, I'll just ask their angels and spirit guides, you know, what are the tips and suggestions for them specifically? It really varies. And sometimes when we're guided to make changes in one area, we're actually suggested to make changes in another area to impact that. So maybe we're asking for love, but what we need to work on is boundaries or we could really benefit from improving our health. You know, so sometimes the guidance comes in is, is not what people expect for that reason, but it, it's always, you know, whatever they say I've learned is, is important and boundaries as a whole are very important. So I'll, I'll give this analogy that the spirit guides gave to me, which is our minds, our lives and experiences are very much like a Netflix queue. Do you watch Netflix? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, big fan so, of Bridgerton at the moment. <laughs> oh, I love, I love that show. Bridgerton's fabulous. So oh, yeah. life is very much like Netflix in that way, that whatever we consume, whatever we engage with, we get more of that. So if I were to hop on to, you know, Joe's Netflix over there, what's on his queue, what's coming up from the algorithm based on what he's been watching and consuming is very different from mine, right? Like two people, have you ever gone to a friend's house and, you know, gone on their TV Roku or whatever and seen what's there. It's like, it's like totally different stuff. Right. And the angels have explained to me that basically the universe operates the same way that whether, whatever we engage with, whatever we choose, it creates that, or I should say the algorithm kind of responds and creates what's in the queue for us, what's showing up in our lives. So if we want to change that queue, we need to change what we're connecting and engaging with. So, uh-huh. So frequently people are wanting, you know, this one life and then whatever they're connecting, engaging with is totally the opposite of that. So it's a, it's a matter of just making those conscious choices, being aware of, okay, so I want to be paid well for my services, but I am accepting, you know, very poor payment or, you know, poor treatment in my current circumstance, you know, so we have to weed out the things that we don't want, you know, make new choices and it's a gradual process, um, but over time, it will shift if we're aware of and choose the things that we want in our life. And and by the way, this may start with, in the beginning, even if we don't know how to physically create this in our lives, just connecting with and engaging with positive, inspiring people that are where you want to be through podcasts, you know, through you know, watching inspirational videos on YouTube, um, through reading books, you know, et cetera. It starts with that because that's like, consider that like adding that kind of positive influence to your algorithm in your queue. I love that. Yes. uh, (laughs) There's a famous speech. uh, I think the guy's name, like Guido, not, not, I don't know if it was Guido or not, but um, 
anyway, he, he says that what people think is it's garbage in, garbage out. But in reality, it's garbage in, garbage stays there. <laughs> and so just the yes. importance of really recognizing what is that information? What are the substances that you're consuming and putting into yourself, into your brain? Because it's not as see-through as people think, essentially. And and I know I also like the story, too, uh, like uh, the guy who's like out in the ocean, um, he's, he's drowning. Um, and I don't know if you've heard the story before, but like basically he's like, God, save me. God, save me. And then a boat comes by. and He tries to save the guy. And the guy's like, no, 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 it's OK. God's going to save me. And then uh, uh, he keeps saying, God, help me. And then the second boat comes by and then uh, and they're like, hey, sir, we can help you. He's like, no, no, God's going to save me. And then finally he, he drowns and uh, he, he goes to heaven and talks to God and says, God, why didn't you save me? And God goes, I sent you two boats, you dummy. <laughs> yes. I love that story. There's, there's various versions of, of that same story idea, but yes, you know, the universe is God operating, you know, mm-hmm. and people are a part of that and we will get sent, you know, helpers, we also get sent messengers and we'll get sent those who are there to help us with lessons. And, you know, I think unfortunately a lot of people tend to label things as good or bad, but even something that we might perceive as bad and I'm putting that in quotes, there's always a lesson. There's always a silver lining. And it's a really a matter of how we respond to that, that dictates what the impact is in our lives. So I, I love the expression you either win or you learn. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And like in a way, that. learning is winning if you apply it properly. So when you approach it that way, then it can really help you to shift to a more positive mindset and a more proactive mindset, which I think is really beneficial for long-term success as well. No, it makes sense. And going back to the the boat example, I'm curious that maybe your answer is use your intuition. Like, let's say you know you want to be um, paid minimum a thousand dollars for your services, and and I guess uh, it is a longer conversation too. Like, you do need to be energetically aligned. You do need to know why you need to charge a certain amount of money. But I'm just curious what your thoughts are that someone's like, oh, I want to be paid thousand dollars minimum every time. They are still getting offers of you know five hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred dollars. Is it good to still get the momentum as you get closer to the goal, or is it more important to say nope? I'm not going to say yes until someone gives me that thousand dollars, essentially. Well, I think incremental shifts are very valuable for, to help us with taking those steps. So, you know, I raised my prices twice in my first year of business, but I started very low, you know, relatively speaking, and then as I gained confidence, and also I was faster. You know, I, I literally can get in 15 minutes you know, what it would take me probably an hour and a half to get when I would, because, you know, it was like, I was learning. It was slow. The information would come in more slowly. I had to learn how to trust it. And you develop a sort of symbol language and just rap more rapid way of communicating, you know, psychically as you develop. So I offered more value in a shorter amount of time as I raised my prices. So I think it's important to, look at your schedule, you know, who's coming in, where you are and make these kind of periodic gradual shifts over time. Also, you know, one thing you can do, it's totally optional, but you can, you know, have new clients come in at a newer rate. Or one of the things I would frequently do as I was shifting is I would say, Hey guys, I'm, I'm going to sh- raise my prices. So anyone that was in my circle or on my email list or podcast listener, et cetera, if you want to 
lock in some time at that current rate, then just you know, buy extra time or whatever. And, you know, that's a very successful way that you can honor that current rate for those current one, probably get a boost in sales and then step into that next higher rate of pay. And I want to say you're always going to be economical for some people and you're going to be expensive for some people. So it's really important to just understand that and just always know that that's going to be the case. And it's just a matter of aligning with the right people. I have a, a billionaire client who, you know, the first time he booked with me, just booked an hour and a half and he didn't even mind that much whether we used the whole time because, you know, relatively speaking, that's a, that's a, a, a small amount of money for someone at that scale, right? Even though for other people, that's a phenomenal amount of money that I charge, right? So I just think it's really important for everyone to understand that it's 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 never concretely that you are too cheap or too expensive. It's simply about aligning with those who are at the right point for you. I love that. And what's your opinion on uh, getting people to to um, pay for you, but with credit cards or loans or um, or doing like that? What are, what are your thoughts on that? That's a very personal decision. And I think it depends on where that person is. And I'll just tell a personal story on the other side for myself that when I was first starting my business, and this was during the recession, I'd just gone through this divorce. Um, I was unemployed um, and was working on building my business. And I got the message to take this psychic training and I, I didn't have the cash. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't have it, but I, it was such a strong message. And so was between the course and the travel for the course, because this was in Hawaii, I paid about $10,000. So that was a lot of money for me with no money, no regular money coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, So I put on a credit card and I'm very grateful that I had that credit card to do that. Um, You know, not everyone has that, but I did. And again, it was an intuitive guided message for me to do that. And in that year, I more than made that back. And it really helped me with establishing my business, with developing confidence, with shifting some things energetically for me. So you know, I've experienced it where it absolutely was the right choice for me. I'm not going to say that that's the right choice for everybody, but just really, you know, follow your intuition on that. I do think that there are times in our life though, where we are given a, a choice between kind of love and fear. And, and in my case, that love was like, I really wanted, and I felt to pursue that training and that work, which was, you know, more training in terms of psychic and intuitive work. And the fear messages were about lack and struggle. And if I had listened to that, then it would have been harder. And I, and I want to say that I kind of backtracking, I had gotten the message to take that training a year earlier, but in Australia and my circumstances were the same. And I said, no, I kept waiting, thinking like, I'll get a job or I'll have more money. And a year later, I was in the same place. I was actually worse because I had burned through like a little bit of savings that I had had. I had basically pulled out money from retirement. And Mm -hmm. so I actually had less money (laughs) in terms of like the whole package a year later. But I then made that decision. Okay, I'm just going to go for this course because things aren't getting better with whatever it is that I'm doing. And it was absolutely the right choice for me. So I think it's really important to navigate intuitively, to go with faith and love, and when we do that, often, you know, very positive, magical things will unfold for us. Yeah, I know. And uh, I'm definitely a big advocate for, you know, taking leaps of faith as well. And just kind of recognizing that, you know, the reason why you are where you are is because your actions, and your mindsets have led you there. And so the only way to, to change that is that, you know, that's why I tell people that money is energy. Like when you invest yes. money, you invest energy and you say, I'm ready for change. I'm, I'm, let's make it happen. 
and until you you make that. And that is also a, is a guy named Ben Hardy who says that that is the number one trait of successful entrepreneurs and uh, business people are people who do an action where they can't go back. Um, that you have to move forward from here. That there's no turning back, and just being able to have complete trust in yourself because obviously. If it like that retreat was only like a hundred bucks, you're like, oh, we'll see how I react to it. We'll see what I adjust from it. But you're like, I'm going <laughs> kind, of, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, 10K is a lot for most people, but at, at a time where I had no income, <laughs> no regular yeah. income, it was really a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. And yet it was so valuable and so important for me. And I think that's that's really true. This point of like, just really committing to yourself and just choosing to move forward and just basically like, I have to do this is, is something that can be a very good thing for us to do in terms of that personal growth and momentum. I love that. When, and speaking of uh, doing leaps of faith and I want to shift into uh, projects a little bit. Uh, I'm curious, tell us how as an author, songwriter, podcaster, uh, speaker, how do you go about doing all these projects to completion? Because I know so many people out there, they like, I want to be a podcaster. They buy the podcast mic and then it sits on their desk for six months. Or people are like, I want to write a song. And then they get who verses in. They're like, oh, I'll finish it later. So how do you go about making sure that you think of something, execute it, and then promote it? Gosh, I think there's several factors here. And one is just to find community or mentorship or both that can help you. So, you know, research shows that if you, for example, have a workout buddy, you're way more likely to work out than if you don't. And I think that applies to like many other things in life. If you have a community, if you have a mentor, you're taking a class, the likelihood of you actually following through with whatever it's about is, is way bigger. So doing that, um, I also think it's important to eliminate things that may bog you down or distract you in your life, you know, set stronger boundaries with people or situations that are drained so that you have that time and energy to devote to whatever it is that you're working on. And then there's a lot of mindset stuff that comes in and sort of energetic blocks that can also stop us. And maybe on some level, we're afraid of being seen or being visible. So if we want to podcast, but then we unconsciously kind of hit that wall because of that. So it's important to work on clearing those unconscious blocks. And there's a couple of tools that have been very helpful for me for that. One is emotion code. And that's where you actually hire a practitioner and they help clear out some of those things from your energy field. And another one is called tapping emotional freedom technique. And that's where you tap on these kind of energy points and meridians. And, you know, you say different phrases that help clear that out. So it's often a process, you know, it's not like a silver bullet situation, like all of a sudden I feel like I can finish something or I'm motivated or, or whatever. And then the other thing is just take daily action steps. I interviewed Jack Canfield on my show. If you're not familiar with Jack Canfield, you know, he's a really impressive guy. He wrote, uh, co-wrote the Chicken Soup for the Soul book and series. You know, very successful entrepreneur, very successful person, very nice guy, incidentally, as well. And one of the things he talks about is as he was, you know, working on promoting his book, he, he just would do five things every day to promote the book. And I just think most people... They, they try to start something and then they just kind of fizzle out, but they're not really putting a lot of effort. I, I, I've connected with people where they say, oh, I tried and it didn't work. And it's like, keep doing it. Keep trying the things. Just do little action steps every day. And are you familiar with Mel Robbins? Uh, she's the five second rule, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Well, I, I'm a fan of her, but she said something recently that I, I completely agree. I didn't know the statistic, but I talk about this too. Like when children are learning to walk, they just keep trying until they get it right. They don't just like, oh, well, I'll just crawl for my whole, you don't see like these adults that, you know, are capable of walking, but they, they just kind of resign themselves to just living on the floor. Right. (laughs) You know, as children, we, we, we basically, there's no choice that we just have to do it and we just keep going and keep going. And, but she cited a statistic, which is that um, the average toddler, you know, slash baby learning to walk falls 17 and a half times a day when they're learning to walk. So if you apply that to our lives as adults with something that we're working on accomplishing, you know, that think about that level of failure (laughs) and not stopping. That's the key. It's like you, you fail when you stop, you you fail when you stop trying, when you stop, you know, working at it. And so just don't just basically just keep going. I love that. And I'm curious, what what were the five things that uh, Jack Canfield said he did? Like, would he like reach out to like one news media outlet? Would he do like one social media post? Would he do like 20 pushups to get himself pumped for the day? Like, do you say what those five things were? Oh, there were so many things. But yeah, it would be sending out free copies of their book to radio stations. I mean, this was in the day when radio was was more popular than it is now. So you have to remember his tips and suggestions were based on the timeline then. But yeah, emails you know, going to do talks and booking speaking engagements and talking about the book and the principles in the book, you know, he was really just went for it. And I I do believe that if we all apply that same principles to our life or whatever it is, I mean, again, it it may be a different topic, may not be a book for you, but that eventually you will succeed if you keep doing it. And you also uh, work on clearing your energetic and emotional blocks. I think that's really key. And again, those two suggestions that I gave emotion code and tapping are really helpful for that. An emotion code that's a website, a resource, a tool. Um, so there's a practitioner that I use and recommend. You can go and get a, a special entry rate. It's Rebecca Packard.com slash powers. And then you can get us your first session at $75 when it's normally, I think 333. So it's over 75% off really impactful. Um, I actually discovered her uh, during COVID, the beginning of COVID when, you know, I don't have regular income as a business owner, just like many don't. And COVID, you know, shifted everything, like how I was connecting with people. I was doing a lot more traveling then. And there was a lot of collective fear that was coming up. So that really helped me with shifting. And honestly, after that, I, I shifted into the best business I've ever had in my life. You know, so it went just the opposite way. It went even better than what I had been previously experiencing. But yeah, so rebeccapacker.com slash powers. And then you can just go in there and, and book your first intro session. Yeah. And, and how many coaches, mentors do, do you currently work with at a time? I know some people, they always have a health coach, a wealth coach, a mindset coach, a yeah. nutrition coach. Like how, how many do you currently work with at a time? I would say at any given time, I'm probably taking a couple potentially more classes or working with mentors and, and, you know, what I feel that I need shifts, you know, at various points. So I had a few different ones last year and now, right now I'm, for example, taking courses on film and television and music licensing because that's just an area that I want to grow in. But I think we are constantly learning and growing and the more support we give ourselves for that, the better. And also, again, a lot of times when you're taking a class or have a mentor, it's not even just about whatever that mentor is teaching you, but about 
you know, seeing how they're modeling something for you to step into and just constantly grow and shift and also community. Like I'm amazed at how often I will get into a class where I'm taking it and then I end up connecting with clients and we mutually support each other or something. So it's lovely how the universe works that way. I feel that whenever I invest in myself, it always comes back to me. Yeah. And I know, I know it's a, is that a mindset that you had to develop or is that something you, you always knew from day one? Well, I think, you know, there's so many different ways that this applies in our, in our society, you know, so I, went and got university degree. I have my undergraduate, I have my master's degree. And I honestly think a lot of the non-traditional educational stuff that I've done has had more of an impact for me. But ever since I was young, you know, my uh, family really believed in that. My grandparents were university professors. I mean, there's always been this belief in education being a very important. And then I think particularly in business and entrepreneurialism, it's really important to constantly educate yourself and things are changing. Things are in flux, you know, especially with technology, you know, there, there's certainly strategies that worked at one point and then the technology shifted or culture shifted and then it doesn't. So we constantly have to be, you know, riding that wave in, in a way and just keeping up with whatever is happening currently. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And I'm curious out of all those things between stand-up comedy and the books and the songwriting which one do you feel like is most outside your, your comfort zone? Obviously, it sounds like you have one of the biggest or smallest comfort zones in the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, yeah. I think for me, though, the comfort zone level I'm hitting is that sort of massive, like, yeah, being a sort of superstar, like really well known that I definitely feel like I'm like on a one level, I would like that. And then on some level, I'm like, oh, whoa, you know, like you hit this kind of invisible wall. So just for everyone to keep in mind that there are levels and you get to another level and it's not like you're done. There's, and then there's another level, right? So yeah. I'm working right now on, on working and shifting some emotional and energetic blocks so that I can really step into fully, you know, whichever level I would like to go to. I think initially, you know, doing stand up is definitely a really great exercise because it, you literally, unless you're like the most comfortable person in the world, there's going to be an element which pushes you out of your comfort zone in that. And especially when you're doing it with a room of strangers and you're going up and you're like, nobody knows you. And, you know, it can bring up a lot of like nervousness and stress and fear and all the things, but then it's also such an amazing kind of rush and just such a positive feeling when you do it. And, and by the way, even if you don't do well, you still get this like energy rush from just being <laughs> up in front of people. And I guarantee any of the stand-up comedians that you know that you think are so polished and amazing, I guarantee they have vomed a fair number of times in order to get there. Again, that that whole thing of like you don't learn to walk without falling down a bunch of times. So if we can just reframe that idea of failure and what that means, then that's really helpful in that journey. Yeah. And uh, I do still need to see some of your uh, stand-up comedy at some point. Are you, are you performing in Vegas right now or anywhere else? Yeah, I'll be performing Friday. Um, and so I, I do these periodic shows. And the, the thing is, for me, everything is very connected. So my stand-up is about being a psychic. I sing in my comedy. Right. Uh, you know, So yeah. it's, it's like all the synthesis in a way of the, all the different aspects of me. And it's funny, I, I performed um, at a place called Gatsby Supper Club, a couple of weeks ago and whatever someone looks at me, like when I get up there and I do my thing, everyone is just like shocked. <laughs> they just don't know. Cause you know, most people don't think I look like a psychic, whatever you think like a psychic is, you know, I, yeah. I do this, you know, 
comedy song about being a cat. <laughs> it's a song I wrote, you know, it's just unexpected, but I think it's great and it's fun. And, and at the same time, through comedy, people are learning about the psychic worlds, whether they intended to or not, because I'm talking about it. Can we request uh, for you to say one of your, your jokes on this podcast right now, or does there have to be a lot more context? To, to well, I would say, you know, there's different, there's different types of um, stand-up comics or comedians. And I'm more of a storyteller. So mine is kind of like a longer kind of building gotcha. thing versus like, a quick, you know, there's, there's this one English comedian where it's like every, I would say he's more of a comic. So every line is like a joke. It's a joke. Right. And that's not, that's not my approach. I'm more of a, a sort of storyteller and it builds, you know, the story as you go. And it is funny, but in context. Yes. And you mentioned you do have a, so you have a comedy coach. You're taking a comedy course to learn how to do all this. Um, I did last year. I took a, a stand-up comedy class and that was fabulous. And, and then now I, I go to, um, you know, tons of comedy shows. I mean, you learn by watching too, right? So watch, go, go, go whatever it is that you want to emulate, see the people that are successful doing that. And interestingly, I feel like some people are great comics where you might not think of that. So I recently went to see Lady Gaga perform here in Las Vegas. She has a great jazz and piano show and she tells a lot of jokes. And that's kind of my style. I like it like music and kind of bantering with the audience kind of interspersed. And same thing. I saw Jeff Goldblum here live in Las Vegas. He's fabulous. I got to meet him. Really nice guy. Um, But, you know, so he's a trained actor, but he's definitely done, you know, comedic movies. Uh, if you haven't watched it, I recommend checking out the movie Earth Girls Are Easy. It's with him and Jim Carrey and Gene Davis before they all got famous. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, he, you know, he just does this kind of banter with the audience and they tell these kind of jokes and share unusual facts. And then he, you know, sings and plays. And, you know, so I like that kind of mixed media, mixed approach thing. And uh, yeah, just go and see people emulating what you want to do and you'll pick up on some of that stuff for yourself. Yeah. I know. Uh, I know my, my fiance, Salisha, who, who, you know, she says I need to do some stand-up comedy at some point. Cause I think I'm funny sometimes, but <laughs> I think you are, but yeah, I think, I think everyone would benefit from it. You know, there's um, Sarah, was, I think it's Blakely. She's the one who started Spanx. Yeah, if you're familiar with that company, very successful. Like she's one of the judges on Shark Tank, and she's, she's a billionaire. This, yeah, yeah, she's very, very successful. And she talks about that. Like I took one of her courses actually, and she talks about that she early on did stand up, and it really helped her. And there's a little clip of her in the course that I took. Um, she said it helped her just have no fear, you know. And also, I think those who are frequently very successful will know how to use levity, you know. Mm-hmm when people are really serious, it may kind of be a detractor for others, but when yeah. you can approach something with, with levity, with humor and fun, like people are drawn to that. Like they're, they're interested. And so she is someone who I think has used that kind of fun energy in her business, even if you don't recognize it, that she has. And, and so she doesn't actively do stand up. I don't think anymore, but she's very much an advocate of especially entrepreneurial people taking stand up classes. Interesting. And and I'm curious and, and coming from a place of like, you know, wanting to help empower people and, and going back to like your, your statement of like helping people learn to walk, even after they fail a few times, like it, I, 
Is there a stigma about women in comedy? Like, do you feel like it is quote unquote harder to be a woman in comedy? Curious your, your thoughts about that. I mean, I would say yes, but I think that's just the case about probably most areas, right? But yes, yeah. there's certainly, I would say in show business as a whole, there's certainly a lot of discrimination and this sort of casting couch idea, whether literally or figuratively. I I mean, I've experienced it myself, this, this man who offered me a slot in a show. And when I, it was clear that I didn't want to become involved with him romantically, it was retracted. I mean, it, it really <laughs> happens. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's a very real thing. And I think as a woman in entertainment as a whole, you have to have very strong boundaries and just be very clear on, you know, what's going on and, and not, you know, get used in that way. But I think it's, it's a bigger societal issue. It's just maybe more obvious and clear and direct in entertainment. I mean, the casting couch term came from entertainment. Like it was created, you know, this casting and it's a, it's a literal thing. A friend of mine, Min Collins wrote it, or excuse me, created a documentary about the casting couch called, I think it's called casting the couch and goes back through the history of it, you know, how it started. And it's still a thing today. And I, I'm still amazed, um, especially in, in certain sectors, how, it's still somewhat kind of accepted. So when you look at the Grammys and, Oh, is that that comedian that he just won a Grammy for best comedy. And he's one of the ones that's been accused of a lot of inappropriate sexual stuff with women. So he wanted, he still won a Grammy. Not, not pleased about that. Yes. Yeah. Well, I know. I mean, I know it's, it's tricky because like sometimes people get accused and they didn't do anything. Some people get accused because they did stuff. And so I know it's, it's unfortunate when it's like a he said, she said situation. And um, Oh, yeah. yeah. But this yeah. was Louis C.K. where there were many, many oh, women. Yeah. So, that's yeah, right. like that's, <laughs> that's what I'm right. saying. He even yeah, with right. multiple like this isn't like seems pretty clear that it happened, yeah, you know, based no. on the number of allegations. And he still he just won a Grammy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember that. Like, they're like really specific. Like he like whipped his thing out. At, like so yeah, like, exactly. Like, no, there's some <laughs> stuff that is literally shocking. Like, and there was one comedy show where this guy was just so terrible, just basically saying that the only purpose for women was for sex. And you know, so there's a lot of misogyny. But I think the more we develop awareness, and I will say, if you're a man listening to this, just you know, do your part you know, support women, don't support, you know, jerks that are doing things like that and call them out on it. Mm-hmm. So I think when they're called out by men, sometimes that has a greater impact than if a woman says something, unfortunately. Yeah. That is something I learned, I think in the past year and that I've noticed is that, yeah, the reason these guys do all those things is because they get away with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until someone calls them out on it or they can't get away with it anymore, like they're not gonna <laughs> they're not gonna keep doing this. So absolutely fascinating. Like I agree, like call people out on that and hold them accountable and see yeah, people keep doing what they get away with. And so we gotta nip it at the bud for sure. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Moving back into more uh happy topics per se. So tell us more about and I know we talked a lot today about um, recognizing your powers, recognizing your abilities. The way you do that is taking courses, surrounding yourself with community. Are there different psychic powers that that people have? Like, is it kind of like X Men in a way, where like Laura Power, she can uh, talk to ghosts and angels? Where like some people, uh, I remember taking a, a psycho psychology, a parapsychology is what it's called. Like, some people can predict the roll of dice. Some people can control the weather. 
I'm curious, you know, what, what what your thoughts are on like the average person like wanting to see what their secret power is per se. You know, I think that a lot of people have abilities they're not aware of because we don't have, you know, psychic slash superhuman training (laughs) in school, right? We don't, we don't learn these sort of psychic ABCs. And I, many people are unaware of their abilities or, or were like me when I was young, when I thought I was crazy. I just thought mm-hmm. I'm just mentally ill. <laughs> These other yeah. people don't, you know, what, what do you do when other people don't see your sense? What you do, you start to think it's you, right? Until you get that confirmation until I was around others that had abilities as well. And then once I started taking psychic training and got confirmation, oh, I'm not the only one who sees this, this other person sees this. It's very helpful. So I think don't assume that you don't have something because you may just not have explored it. And I'm a big advocate of taking training and, and practice and also just learning about how these gifts will manifest. I have a book called Diary of a Psychic, which is all about, you know, the different psychic abilities people can have, different practice tools that you can use, how it can manifest so that you can develop awareness for yourself of like, oh, this is like maybe do have some abilities here because you probably haven't been trained or taught to understand that. And then I do think that a lot of more people have abilities than they realize. Um, are, you fam- are you familiar with Stan Lee? Do you like his comic books? Oh, Stan Lee Marvel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he produced, this is before he passed because he's passed now, but he produced a series called Superhuman, which I would recommend checking out. And it's a TV show that's, it's a unscripted. So, you know, what we'd label reality show where they find and investigate people with superhuman traits. And it's fascinating, but just watch it. And, and, you know, you know, there's like a man who can literally take a pan, like a metal pan and roll it in his hands. Like it's a piece of paper. <laughs> and and in that show, what they do is they like analyze these people and try to figure out scientifically, like what, how are they different? What is going on there? Or, you know, the people that have like supercomputing brains, the same thing, like what's happening is this one guy who can get electrocuted and he doesn't have damage to his his body or his cells, you know? So all these different types of, you know, kind of superhuman, what we might consider kind of superhero like abilities. And I think these kinds of things may be more common than we realize, but you know how that guy found out that he could be electrocuted. He got electrocuted. (laughs) (laughs) How many people have that, but they don't know. I'm by the way, I'm not advocating electrocuting yourself. I'm just saying there's so many different things going on with our, our bodies and everyone's very unique that we just don't even know. I think a lot of times what we're capable of until we're put into like an unusual or like, how did that guy even know he could roll a pan? I don't know. He just like tried it, like, the, the metal pan with his hands. How do you know you can survive falling in a vat of acid? You just, uh, yeah, yeah. Again, I'm not advocating <laughs> investing. I'm just saying, but check out that show because they really go into, you know, how and why are these people different? Is this something that could be trained? Like, you know, I do feel that there's so much more human potential that, that we have any, idea of. And with the guy who that they featured on the show who can do kind of like super math, one of the things they showed, they, they like connected him with some brain scanning equipment and they showed that most people do their math out of like a very specific part of the brain. And when he does his math, he uses like a lot of his brain. So what if we could learn how to do that, right? You know, that I think we are capable so much more than we think. First, we have to know it's possible and then getting the training and understanding to access whatever are our own unique abilities, I think is incredibly powerful. That is cool. And I like I, I like when um, scientific and intuition, quote unquote, or intangible, quote unquote, gets combined because yeah. it just, like you said, you know, everyone has their own perspective on things and 
you know, that's one of the things I've learned past couple years is things aren't black and white. <laughs> like, no. uh, it, it's always a spectrum. It's always a lot of gray area all the time. And so I think people recognize you don't have to think one way or, or without thinking the other way, or you, you, it's okay to think a little bit of, of both perspectives kind of thing. So I love that, that the t- scientific aspect to it too. Absolutely. And I think a lot of psychic abilities that eventually there will be, you know, there'll be evidence, scientific evidence that demonstrates how these things work and that they do work. I just think we don't have the tools or technology yet to do it so clearly. And I just want everyone to know that technology is an ever evolving game as it relates to science. And for example, radio waves, radio waves have been around since the Big Bang, but it wasn't until the radio was invented they could be picked up and recognized by us in that way. And wow. the man who invented the radio was put in an insane asylum at first, because as he was describing the technology, people thought he was schizophrenic. He was describing like capturing voices over the ear, right? <laughs> and people yeah, yeah. at the time, because they hadn't been exposed to that technology, were like, you sound a little crazy. <laughs> oh and God. he was put in an asylum. And then actually several of his friends basically went to the you know head of this, this hospital and campaigned for him and then pleaded his case. And he was released and thankfully was then able to develop the radio. So just with a lot of things that people think, oh, that sounds crazy, but I just think we just don't have the technology to utilize or demonstrate it yet. Yeah. And um, speaking of technology, it reminds me a little bit, uh, I don't know if you've heard of uh, the new Hulu series, The Dropout with Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, Yes. There are no story like, can we eventually get to the point where it only takes a finger prick of blood to be able to do all this data analysis? Like we can't do it yet. And people say it's impossible, but as you and I both know, impossible gets proven wrong. From time to time, essentially, fascinating documentary. And, and speaking of insane asylum, too, I, I heard another story about a guy who is saying how doctors need to be washing their hands in between patients. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. He got thrown in the insane asylum too. <laughs> it's just, yeah, the guy who basically discovered bacteria and hypothesized that bacteria were these little microscopic things that you know could be spread and make people sick. And at the time, you know. Doctors would literally go from an autopsy to deliver a baby. And the mother and infant mortality rate was very high. And when he suggested this and that people wash their hands, that the doctors wash their hands, he was ostracized. And yeah, he was imprisoned. And eventually after he died, (laughs) of course, his, his work was proved to be true. So I just think it's really important for us to remember that with anything that we think sounds crazy, that we just be open and, you know, don't believe everything either. But at the same time, truth is stranger than fiction. And a lot of times, you know, these things that everyone thinks is crazy are are proven to be true. No, it's, it's, it's inspiring. And, and, uh, and also, yeah, I hope that that's, that's what I hope is just like people always approach things with an open mind and just being able to approach things from a different perspective and not have to triggered by things like, what are you talking about? I have to wash my hands. I don't want to wash my hands. It's just like, <laughs> right. Totally. Totally. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's why I, what I would hope for is helping to, to sh- share that message. And, and it's so awesome that you have bec- are such an understanding psychic. Like you don't put your, fingers up to the world saying F the world. They don't want to listen to me. Believe me. Like I'm glad you're able to have a positive attitude about things. And obviously that takes personal and professional development too, but it's good to know because I'm sure, you know, just like yin and yang, just like there's a lot of 
sidekicks are out to do good. I'm sure there are sidekicks who are quote unquote out to do bad. And so at least we know we have Laura Powers on the good team, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. You know, people are people. And I do think when you're connecting with or exploring, uh, working with psychics, that it is important to do your research. You know, I think that's the case about doctors or, you know, any, yeah. many number of things as well. Anyone who you're going to to connect with and, and try to receive support from. But yeah, uh, especially with something like this, you know, do your research, do, you know, look at reviews, uh, you know, get referrals from other people. These are all effective ways to try to do research on those that you're wanting to connect with. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Do your research. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of doing your research, uh, as we come to the end of the interview, I have a couple questions left. Laura, we're curious, uh, where do you see yourself um, in the next uh, five or so years? Like, how do you see your, your your comedy career, your published books, your songwriting career, your psychic business career? Tell us, uh, what, as we follow along in this journey with you, what, what can we get excited for that you're excited for? I feel like this next year for me is going to be, uh, excuse me, this next several years is going to be about continued expansion and also developing more creatively. I think we really are made in the image of the creator in terms of we are divine beings. We're here to divinely create. And I feel very strongly about that. And, and you know, each of us are unique and we have something very unique to offer the world. And so I think I'm, I'm going to be continuing to branch out with more creative work in lots of different avenues. And it's already manifesting in some fun ways. So recently the Grammys were just this past Sunday and I was hired to be a, a dancer for the Grammy event. So like, that was really cool, you know, just to yeah. be a, an officially paid performer for the Grammys, continue to focus on comedy and music and writing and art and all those things. And for me, that's very tied in with my psychic intuitive abilities because so much of what I do is channeled. And yeah, just continue to grow and step forward and financial empowerment. It's something I believe in strongly that, you know, those who have more money, have more resources to change the world and the way that they'd like to. And I'm especially passionate about women increasing their finances and having more abundance. Um, you know, so many of the world's very wealthy and those who run big businesses are men and I love men. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like, it's time for more women, you know, to get involved and, and get to that scale. And I do think that when women are making decisions, they often are, you know, really thinking about children, for example, more than adult, adult male might. And it just shifts the energy and it's more equitable. So I really hope to make strides for myself in that area, as well as inspiring and supporting others to be financially empowered. Yeah, no, it make, makes sense. And if people were to, well, or if people were listening to, that, to this interview, what is this uh, one takeaway that you want people to have when it comes to creating value for themselves, leveraging their powers and setting those boundaries and holding that, creating that value for themselves. What would that one takeaway you want them to have be? You know, go after what you want and don't stop until you get there. I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, with that said, uh, Laura, thank you so much for coming on today and uh, sharing more rapid results, how people can get where they want to go faster and sharing your own journey and story. And uh, how can people best get a hold of you if they want to reach out? 
Sure. So my website for my sort of healing and psychic work is healingpowers.net. That's a great way to connect with me there for my uh, sort of coaching work with podcasting and writing books and media booking, et cetera. That would be powershour.biz. And then I'm also available at Twitter at that Laura Powers, Instagram at Laura Powers 44, 44 being an angel number. And then I'm also on Facebook and you can also just email me bookings. That's B-O-O-K-I-N-G-S so with an S at Laura Powers. Oh, you got it all, don't you? (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thank you again. This has been fun. And we'll see you all next week for next week's episode. See you later, everyone. Thanks. That concludes another episode of Rapid Results. Remember to leave a review about something you learned so others can share the knowledge. Keep being unstoppable in your pursuit of the lifestyle freedom you desire. And we'll see you next week.